Welcome to Letter to Philippi Live, our daily broadcast looking at Paul's letter to the Philippians, Letter to Philippi, and our continuing study from LetterToPhilippi.org, a new Messian and Jewish theological teaching organization, of which I am the founder and I am the teacher. So we'll be looking today at Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 through 19, which I entitled my commentary, The Road to Destruction, The Way of Destruction. And in our, our class today, I, I titled this section, Living as Enemies of the Messiah's Execution Stake. And Paul is continuing to teach the people of Philippi about their new life in Messiah and how they need to avoid the way of destruction, the way of living as enemies of the Messiah's execution stake, living as enemies of the Messiah's death on the cross for us. And what does that mean? What does Paul call the people of Philippi to understand about that? And what does that mean to live as an enemy of the Messiah's sacrificial death for us? His death on the cross, his death on the on the, the Roman execution stake, his death on his, the tree for us. So we'll be looking at that today. We'll begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll be going into our study for today. Oh Lord, you are good. We thank you. We bless you for each new day you give us. Each new day you give us to look into your holy word, to read these words and contemplate these words of your holy servant, Paul. May we become more and more and more in the Messiah each day as we look into these holy words. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the Messiah who is our life. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. A name above all names. Amen. So today we're continuing our study in Paul's letter to Philippi. We are here in Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 through 19 today. And we'll be looking at the section I entitled The Way of Destruction. And in our uh, our titling of the class for the video today, I have the, I have the title, Living as Enemies of the Messiah's Execution Stake. What does that mean to live as an enemy of the sacrificial death Yeshua died on our behalf, and which we celebrate each day as we understand the new life we have in Messiah? So we'll be looking at verses 18 through, 19, 18 through 19 of chapter 3 of Philippians. Again, this is a letter to Philippi Live, a daily broadcast, Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Chicago time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, and 10 p.m. Jerusalem time for our brothers and sisters in, in Israel. They're already into Shabbat, so we, those of us who are yet to enter the Shabbat, our brothers and sisters in, in Israel are already in the midst of the Shabbat. So we look forward to that starting for us here in the the uh, the states in the next few hours. But right now, before we enter into the Shabbat, we will look at these holy words of the, of the Apostle Paul and have something to, to think about as we go into the Shabbat and we understand the import of the Messiah's sacrificial death on our behalf. And I'll read uh, the verse on the screen here. And this is verses 18 to 19 of Paul's letter to Philippi, Philippians 3, 18 through 19 from the Complete Jewish Bible. For many I have told you about them often before, and even now I say it with tears, live as enemies of the Messiah's execution stake. They are headed for destruction. Their God is the belly. They are proud of what they ought to be ashamed of, since they are concerned about the things of the world. 
Let me read that again. I think we'll be looking at that more in depth today. For many I have told you about them often before, and even now I say it with tears in my eyes. There are those who are living as enemies of Messiah's execution's sake. They are headed for destruction. Their God is the belly. They are proud of what they ought to be ashamed of, since they are concerned about the things of the world. Paul here is speaking about those who neglect or even downplay the importance of the Messiah's death on the scandalous Roman stake, the cross. The most disgraceful way to die at this time was by crucifixion, the punishment for slaves and criminals. The lowest of society was, was assigned the death, the death on the Roman cross. Where Gentiles was a scandal to die such a death, because of the deep scandal of it, the deep, the deep sense of it being the worst death one have, the lowest of society would die this way. For Jews, it was a death for those cursed by God, as we see in Deuteronomy chapter twenty-one, where we read, "If someone has committed a capital crime and is put to death, then hung on a tree." His body is to remain all night on the tree. You must bury him the same day because a person who has been hanged, hanged has been cursed by God, though you will not defile your land which God, Adonai your God, has given you to inherit. Paul warns against those people who rejected the shameful death the Messiah died for them to gain salvation. Out of their aversion to Yeshua's suffering and despised death, some people would not even speak about it because of the great scandal of the death of the Messiah. And in the Greco-Roman world to try to try to uphold the Savior of the world, the King of kings and Lord of lords, as one who died on the Roman cross, who died on the, on the execution stick, who died the, died the lowest form of execution, the death reserved for the worst of criminals for slaves, disobedient slaves. This was the death that was not worthy of one to which the knees would bow as King of Kings and Lord of Lords and understood as the as a savior of the world, the one who would die in this horrible condition. The embracing of the scandal of a crucified savior, so counter to Gregor Roman thought, was an issue for the primarily Gentile Messianic community in Philippi. The Philippians would face opposition from those without, even within their, their community of faith in Yeshua, because of the embracing of the scandalous death of the Messiah Yeshua on the Roman cross, on the Roman stake. Paul warns that those who did not accept the despised death of Yeshua were rejecting the atonement offered to them, and even more, were enemies of the very sacrificial death that brought them life. Paul here is warning that those who did not accept the despised death of Yeshua were not willing to acknowledge that the Messiah Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah, died on the Roman cross for their atonement, for the, the atoning work that only he could provide, that who denied his sacrificial death because of the scandal of it, were truly living as enemies of the very salvation 
that they were granted by the death of the Messiah, that they were despising their, their salvation that they had in Messiah by not embracing the Messiah died the scandalous death on their behalf. So there's a version of the shameful death of the Messiah could even lead, lead them to deny the faith they once had accepted. As beginning this pathway of denying the scandalous death of the Messiah, Paul warns that people evil will, can come to the point of abandoning their faith trust in Yeshua and leaving behind the faith that they had held to because they could not bear up under the fact that their salvation, their connection to the God of Israel, their, their whole way of, of connecting to God was connected to the scandalous death of the Messiah on the cross. And that this would even lead some people to abandon their faith in Yeshua because they could no longer, no longer stand within a faith that was based on the fact that the Messiah died the death of a slave, death of the, the worst of society, the lowest of society, that in that they were even those who would abandon their faith trust in Yeshua because they could not accept the scandalous death of the Messiah. Those who turned away from their faith trust in Yeshua as a Messiah were truly living as enemies of a Messiah's execution stake. As ones who had, who had believed in the Messiah, who had come to to embrace Yeshua, but later came to be able to unable to live under that and understand his death on their behalf for them, and even walked away. There was the most 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 powerful way for them to be enemies of the Messiah's execution state, as they had as they had rejected the the death of the Messiah that brought them life. And they're now living truly as enemies of the Messiah's execution stake because they completely rejected the scandalous death of the Messiah and rejected the death that brought them salvation. Other enemies may have been less ordered in their version. They have, may have simply been not walking in the example of the Messiah. Though Paul, throughout Philippians, especially in the Messianic hymn of chapter 2, Emphasize the importance of modeling humility and self-sacrifice. Some Yeshua followers could have been living self-centered centered lives while still claiming to follow Yeshua. Rather than outright rejection of their faith, by their lifestyle, they opposed the model of the Messiah, making them enemies of the Messiah's mistake as they refused to follow the example set for them. So another way of understanding those who were living as, as enemies of the Messiah's execution state, as those who were, who were, Paul was speaking about here, is rather than complete rejection, like those I said that actually walked away from their faith because of the scandalous nature of the Messiah's death, there were those who were living self-centered lives. There were living lives that were not modeling the Messiah, as we see in his humble example in the in the Messianic hymn of chapter two, those who are not living out the self-sacrifice and humility of Yeshua, and in so doing, by not modeling the master, they could be seen as also living as enemies of the Messiah's execution sake. They, they call themselves followers of Yeshua, but they were not living out the life of Yeshua by living out the humility 
and self-sacrifice. The Yeshua, Yeshua example to them and Paul example to them. So in this first verse, we see that there are those who, who completely rejected their, their connection to Yeshua because of the scandalous nature of his death. By his death on the Roman cross, they were unable to, to, to hold to that as, as a connected point to their life and actually moved away and could have even left the faith of Messiah, left behind the salvation that they had they had come to acknowledge, but because of the scandalous nature, because of the death of Messiah that put them out outside of outside of a larger society to believe that their Lord and King, their Savior, was a man who died on the Roman cross. There were those who completely left their faith and truly would be enemies of the Messiah's execution stake by being ones who completely walked away from their faith in Yeshua. But Paul could also be speaking about those who lived lives of, of pride and lived lives of, of, in essence, self-worship by not modeling humility and self-sacrifice of Yeshua. And they too would be considered enemies of the Messiah's execution state, though they had not completely walked away from their faith in Yeshua, but even claimed to be followers of Yeshua. Their lives not modeling humility and self-sacrifice of Yeshua and focus on their their self and their own desires, put them as enemies of the Messiah's state. They're not completely abandoning their faith, but living living in opposition to their faith, living in opposition to the humble example of Yeshua, and therefore would be enemies of the Messiah's sacrificial death on their behalf. And back to and then we'll look at verse nineteen, which concludes this section for today. Which reads, they are headed for destruction, their God is the belly, they are proud of what they ought to be ashamed of, since they're concerned about the things of the world. Many commentators understand this verse to be related to those mentioned earlier in the chapter, in verse 2, commonly called Judaizers. Those who promoted not only circumcision of Gentile followers in Yeshua, but also Jewish dietary laws, hence their God is the belly, which we refer to incorrectly worshiping the kosher dietary laws. So there, there are those, there are those commentators on this on this verse who sees the reference to the God is, is their belly could be a misunderstanding on their part of those who are seeking to, to uh, support the Jewish dietary laws. And in essence, the, by observing the Jewish dietary laws, that people were worshiping their belly, that they were, that they, there wasn't a sense of, of that the observance of Kashrut by those who, who were in, in this area, specifically those who were, who were compelling the Gentile Yeshua followers to become Jews after becoming followers of Yeshua, that including in the dietary laws, including the Kashru laws, that was an act of worshiping of the belly, which is incongruous with Paul, who himself was an observant Jew, that he would he would call observing the kosher dietary laws as worshiping the belly. So we, there must be an, another understanding that we can find in this from, from what it was the common understanding. 
that among commentators on this on this verse that this reference to worshiping in the belly was a connection to some version of following the Jewish dietary laws. However, Christian scholar Mark Keown, in his commentary on, on Philippians, disagrees that Paul would refer to Jews as having their stomach as their God, which would contravene Paul's observance of Judaism and a respect for his fellow, fellow Jews seeking to follow the one God of Israel. So Keown, Keown in, in agreement with what I was saying earlier, sees it incongruous for Paul to be referring to the observance of the Jewish dietary laws during observing the kashrut as an act of worshiping the belly. But he himself, as an observant Jew, would have observed the Jewish dietary laws and would, would have done it for the sake of obe obeying God's words given in the Torah to the Jewish people. G.W. Hansen concurred with Keon that Paul was not speaking about Jews or Jewish practice. Paul uses the term stomach to represent unbridled sensuality. Let me see, this is, so this is from G.W. Hansen. I was, just, I was going right into, into reading his quote about stomach. G.W. Hansen concurred with Keon that Paul was not speaking about Jews or Jewish practice. And this is from, from Hansen. Paul uses, uses the term stomach to represent unbridled sensuality, whether gluttony or sexual licentiousness. For those who have no higher authority for the way they live than the dictates of their bodily appetites, their God is their stomach. They worship their appetites. Even though serving bodily appetites leads to shameful behavior, these people take pride in their shame. They broadcast and brag about their shameful indulgences although their physical appetites, their glory is in their shame. Rather than discussing false teaching about Jewish practice, Paul may have been instead warning its local Philippian, Philippians against the Philippians observing local pagan practices. Not surprising since Philippi was a heavily pagan influenced city. Also, most likely Paul was, was, was speaking about the, the, the syncretic worship in Philippi, the mixing of religious observances. And Paul wanted to be sure that those who had come to faith trusting Yeshua understood that they were not to add any of the pagan religions of Philippi to their faith trusting Yeshua. Let's look at some of the Philippian and Roman pagan practices of the time. Interestingly, when Paul first vis visited Philippi, as recorded in Acts 16, he encountered a slave girl possessed by a python spirit whom her owners used as a fortune teller to make money. This same type of possession was common among the priests of Sibylle, as Mark Nanos noted. Divine possession for the Sibylle priests was made speaking with strange voices emanating from their bellies, known as belly talkers or belly prophets, or ventriloquists, who speak or prophesy from a demon inside themselves. This is considered synonymous with pythonos, or the python spirit. In view of the above, their God is their belly is a perfect phrase for Paul to use to rebuke Philippian pagan people and practices and to call the people in Philippi to not get in involved in this pagan practice, especially, as we said, of those who, like the, the slave girl in, in, in Acts 16, who had a python spirit, had a demonic spirit, which was giving prophetic words. 
Paul wanted to be sure that the people in Philippi did not see that as, as another way of gaining knowledge about God, gaining prophetic words through this Python spirit, but to understand that their only way of getting the true knowledge of God was through his word, through his scriptures, and, and that was presented to them by true prophets of God, like Paul, who was speaking to them the pure word of, of God, the very words of God spoken th through him to them, and to not to get distracted in their faith, trusting Yeshua, their new life following the God of Israel, by being attracted back to any connection with the pagan, pagan past that they would have in Philippi. Understood this way, such interpretation contrasts sharply with other commentaries. The C verse, verse 19 is an anti-Judaism polemical passage. As I said, there's, there are many commentators who, s who understand Paul's phrase of their God is their belly is somehow related to Kashrut, to the Jewish dietary laws, that by practicing them, they were actually worshiping their stomach. Paul exhorts his, his former pagans in Philippi who embraced Yeshua the Messiah to not compromise and return to the old ways of Philippian pagan religion. Paul understood that the various various attractions of, of pagan religion in Philippi from their, from their past, past life and worship of false gods, and also because of the, as I said, of the syncretic, the actual mixing of religions, which was common in Philippi, he wanted to make sure that the, those who had come to put their faith in Yeshua, those who are now redeemed Gentiles, understood their sole allegiance is to the one God of Israel through the work of the Messiah of Israel who brought them atonement, who brought them into from being pagans to now redeemed Gentiles, brought them into connection with the one God of Israel. Paul wanted to make sure that they understood that there was no to be no compromise with the pagan practice in Philippi and especially speaking here about the God is their belly as being a reference to the pagan worship of the Sibylle cult, which included, which included having demonic spirits speak from, from their stomach, from their considered belly talkers, they call it belly prophets. And also we saw earlier, another way of understanding this way of, of their God is their belly is that those who were putting their sensual sensual desires as as worshiped by their by their activity of that their their, their god was not the god of israel but the god, their god was fulfilling their sensual sexual desires their their desires for for wealth their desires for 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 pleasure and in that they were they were straying away from the true way of god and going on the way of destruction as as i as this, as Paul is speaking here, this is a way of destruction to one, to be an enemy of the Messiah's execution stake through either, through either not living your life, honoring the Messiah by walking in a self-centered way, not modeling the humility and self-sacrifice of Yeshua, or going, going farther and because of the scandal of the Messiah's because of the scandal of the cross, people rejecting their faith in Yeshua and truly becoming overt enemies of, of the cross, enemies of the Messiah's Tuesday.
and on the road to destruction because of that, of, of rejecting the very salvation, rejecting the sacrificial death of the Messiah that brought them life. And also here with those who were God of the belly, they were putting another God ahead of them, their own sensual desires, or even worse, those who were involved in the pagan worship of Sibylle and seeking to, to add to their Yeshua faith this connection to demonic forces. All these ways are leading to destruction. And Paul is calling the people of Philippi. And that's by example to understand that in rejecting the Messiah's execution stake and in seeking to follow our own sensual desires ahead of following God, we are putting ourselves on the road to destruction, the way of destruction, the way in opposition to the, the one who brought us near to the God of Israel. And Paul called people of Philippi, and us by example, is to avoid these ways, to stand firm in our faith, trusting Yeshua, and embracing the Messiah's scandal's death on our behalf, knowing that it is because of that scandal's death that we have new life, that both Jew and Gentile are brought near to the God of Israel through the Messiah of Israel and through the atoning work that only he could provide. And in embracing Yeshua, we are embracing the sacrificial death, the scandalous death that he, he died on our behalf. And Paul calls those in Philippi, and by example, to move as we were looking at, we will look at on Monday, the way of life. But now he has told us the way to avoid the way of destruction to avoid, now we're moving on to the way of life, way of moving toward our citizenship in heaven and embracing life eternal in Messiah Yeshua. So today we've been looked at the way of destruction, the way to avoid, and, to, and on our next time together, we'll be looking at the way of life, the way of moving toward that day when we, when we see Yeshua, our righteous Messiah, and we come into the realization of life eternal only he can provide so that will conclude our time today thank you for watching this is letter to philippi live a daily broadcast monday through friday at 12 p.m pacific time 2 p.m chicago time 3 p.m eastern time 10 p.m jerusalem time and uh, we'll be here on monday through friday with this with this class we'll be as i said we'll be looking at philippians chapter 3 verses 20 through 21 the way of life on our next time together. And if you want more information about Letter to Philippi, a new Messianic Jewish theological teaching organization, go to lettertophilippi.org. There you can ask any questions you have about us. You can leave a prayer request. I want to be praying for you. You can purchase a copy of our Messianic Commentary on Philippians, which is the basis for this class on our resources page. You can read our book reviews on our Messianic Jewish Review of Books section. You can leave... You can, as I said, you can leave a prayer request. You can give a much needed contribution to our work on our giving page, either a one-time contribution or an ongoing contribution to our work. Letter to Philippi is a new independent organization. We depend on those who give to our work, those who, who watch our program, those who take part in our resources to support our work. We don't have any large organization behind us. We depend only on your giving to keep this work going, to keep this message of, of Paul to the people of, of Philippi going out. And also, as we look into 2022, to expand with new opportunities for live teaching opportunities, 
new classes that we'll be that we'll be doing on on other other sections of scripture on on discipleship from the book of Philippians and other other things we want to add to our work of Letter to Philippi in 2022. And that is dependent on your giving to our work. As we conclude this 2021 and move into 2022, we truly appreciate your prayers and your financial contributions to the work of Letter to Philippi. So thank you for watching. We will conclude for today. For those who are yet to enter Shabbat, I give you an early Shabbat Shalom. And uh, we will see you next time. And we'll be looking at the way of life, Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. Shabbat Shalom. And uh, have a good weekend. And I will see you on Monday as we conclude this time on Letter to Philippi Live, a daily broadcast of Letter to Philippi, a new Messianic Jewish theological teaching organization. Letter to Philippi.org. And my name is Sean Imsley. I'm the founder of Letter to Philippi and the teacher of this class. Have a blessed Shabbat and uh, see you next week. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for watching.